This time on Holy Ghostness. People who have magic abilities. Spreading manure. Oh, that dough thing? Do, do. Blemina, 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 blemina. Yeah, that's it. Hit the ride, hit the ride. What's up, everybody? This is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. This is Tim Anderson coming at you. I'm very excited for today today's episode. It's going to be a good one. I'm a little tired. Uh, we're starting this early. I woke up at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning this morning, and my son was throwing up in my bed. <laughs> so there was that... I got to that period of time where I was like, oh, hey, Matt, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> nice to see you, dude. <laughs> Glad you're here. <laughs> I got to that period in the morning where I was like, do I go back to sleep or do I just stay awake until mm. this podcast episode yeah. recording? Um, I did end up going back to sleep and I regret it because I was actually like awake. You know, I, I got down, I cleaned the sheets, my washing machine broke. Uh, oh gosh, a couple weeks Tim. ago. <laughs> so I was oh washing sheets and clothes by hand. And so I was fully like awake and aware. Um, and, uh, still I was, I was tired, had a, I was telling the inner circle just a, a few minutes ago about everything going on with the house. And, uh, so busy day yesterday, I was tired, decided just to get like 45 minutes of some shut eye before we kick this thing off. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, that's always the worst idea, you know. It is. If you're awake and then you go back to sleep and then wake up again like shortly after, it it just makes it worse. It's I wake up with Annie on uh Monday and Thursday mornings for the radio. Mm-hmm. And I get her out the door and then there are times when I'm like committed in my mind to going back to sleep. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll I'll lay in bed and I'll be like, "Ah, oh, man, it's gonna, it's just feels so good to lay here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sleep for like an hour." <laughs> but to your point, I'm already awake. Right. I feel actually pretty good, but it's like, mm-hmm. wow, it's it's so early. It's only 520 in the morning. I mean, I can yeah. literally sleep or just lay in bed until 620 mm-hmm. and it's still pretty early. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then I wake up and I feel like trash. Because <laughs> <laughs> you already got through that like initial, like it is really early. Mm-hmm. I need some coffee. I need to like wake up myself and... And then you just do it to yourself all over again, and it's, like, that much harder the second time around. It is. Yeah, it is. You've been extremely busy, and I feel like I just keep hearing about more things that <laughs> that you have had to do or things that have broken down. How are you... Dude, how, are you <laughs> how are you doing when, when, it's, when things slow down at maybe the end of the night or, or maybe, you know, like, at what point in the day do you mm. sit and say, oh, oh, my gosh, like, I, I think I'm doing this okay, but I feel like I'm losing my mind. Are are yeah. you are you hanging in there? I'm because doing okay. this is this is one of the busiest times yeah. I've ever seen it's, you. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's been crazy for sure. But I there, I've been able to find time, especially like after we listed the house, like after the um the photos were taken, um and like after this after the house that I'm selling or that I've sold at this point right. <laughs> was ready, I could kind of sit down and just take a breather. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I actually got to spend some time with my wife, which hadn't happened in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we watched that, uh, that series shadow and bone. Okay. I don't know if you've I ever seen it, but, mm-hmm. uh, season two came out on Netflix. So we kind of binged that 
Okay. <laughs> and, uh, is it good? It is great. Yeah, it's really good. If you like what's fantasy kind of what's stuff. What's it about? You know, it's, um, it's very confusing. It's based off a book series, um, and it's there's like basically there's humans norm, mm-hmm. or what we, you know, I don't think they're actually human, but they're supposed to be like human type. And then there's uh, people who have magic abilities. Mm-hmm. And they're all classified in different ways. And, uh, you know, per a typical story, there's a villain and, you know, he messes a bunch of, I don't want to give up to give too much away for right. anyone who might be listening or what, or want to see the, the, the show. Um, but yeah, villain messes a bunch of things up and, uh, the good guys rally together, try to stop them. But there's kind of like almost, um, you know, the, the, there, there's this feud, I guess, between like the humans and the people who have magic. Cause even though they're all living in the same place mm-hmm. and interacting together, uh, there's like, I, I think the humans are kind of afraid of the people with magic and there's this long history of them basically, you know, killing them, <laughs> trying to get rid of them. Um, so the people with magic retaliate and then there's mm. a whole sect of people with magic who want to destroy all the humans because they feel like the humans are the problem yeah. and they're a threat to them. So it's like this whole, like, there's lots to it, but it's it's pretty good. Have you have you ever heard of the TV show Fringe? No. It was on years Fringe. and years ago. It's probably going so. back 15 years. Okay. I forgot about it until recently when I saw the actress from the TV show and I was like, I know her. Okay. I was talking to Annie about it, and and I was like, oh, yeah, I used to watch this show called Fringe with Dustin. What you're saying reminds me of what the show's premise was. It okay. Was, but not so much the feud, just the, I don't know. Just the, what I'm hearing about this show reminds me of that show, but yeah. maybe it's nothing like. I have never heard of Shadow and Bone, but it sounds pretty entertaining it's good yeah i, I mean, can't believe that you had time now. to watch a tv show in the last <laughs> month <laughs> well, but you've been just like i think about your job you being yeah. a dad taking care of your kids you selling a house buying a house lining up the dumpster the contractor all the work needs done making all those decisions you're balancing a lot of different things right now and then this podcast on on top which <laughs> is not a huge responsibility but can you imagine if we were doing this every day or Some even every week? It. It, it, yeah. it would have to be your at least your part-time job. Mm-hmm. It's a good yeah. thing it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Some people some people bang these things out every day, yeah. and it's shocking. Yeah. Or, you know, even like a couple times a week, I just can't even think about. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe someday down the road, you know, when we've got more time, but nah. I don't really see that happening. I don't see... Okay, so this podcast, I think the reason that it does well and that we are able to have a conversation that I think is uh, fairly productive is because it's every two weeks. Yeah, because even like we've at, run out of things to talk about. Uh, exactly. I mean, we're almost at 100 episodes. We are only just about at 100 episodes. We've been a podcast for over three years. Yeah, four, four years. years. Yeah. And um, it can be kind of tough to think of a drum topic. And the the faith topics are easier for me to come up with. But the drum yeah. topic, for example, today, the drum topic is misconceptions. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, I forget what I was doing yesterday, but I was I was thinking about what do I want to talk about tomorrow? What's what is something that isn't just 
something else we could talk about. Yeah. Another topic on a list of things. But what is something that I, I think about with drumming? And something that came up recently was how someone I know years ago, an older person, said to me, why do you have to go home and practice? Don't mm -hmm. you just don't you just hit the drums? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that stuck with me, not because it was came off as critical. It wasn't really a criticism. It was just an observation that someone mm -hmm. had about drumming. It's a misconception. Yeah. Right. And I thought, boy, there's probably a lot of misconceptions about drummers. That's certainly the most prominent one I can think of. Yeah. But there's probably a lot more. Um and I think it would be fun to talk about it. So yeah, that that was, was fun out of the box drum topic, but I I feel like we hit a lot of the big things in the first year, yeah, for drumming, and then it became more philosophical or just more I don't know broad. Yeah. It, it, it was just more broadly speaking. Okay, what applies to drumming, but isn't gear related, and maybe mm -hmm. isn't practice related. Um, so it can be challenging. I can't imagine doing this every week or even every day. <laughs> we would have to be talking about what most people that, you know, do it every day. It's, yeah. it's about current events. It's about the news. It's mm -hmm. having a guest on every day and talking about their lives. Yeah. Be a lot I don't more planning do involved. That's any for sure. of that. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. happy to do this. <laughs> yeah, this, this works out. <laughs> we get to, we get to talk as friends for a little bit and, uh, and have have good challenging conversations, but at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. record it. So yeah, absolutely, that's a it's a nice format. Mm -hmm. So I leave for tour on Wednesday. It is uh, currently Friday. This episode airs on Monday, I believe. So by the time this comes out, I will be in you know rehearsals with the band, getting ready for leg two of our twenty year anniversary tour. Crazy. And we we completed leg one last month. We took a month off, which has been awesome to be yeah. home. I've done a lot of farming, uh, mostly because there's a lot of farming to be done right now. But also, I, I feel guilty because I will be gone for <laughs> spring planting, which is one of two busiest times of the year for farming. And now that I own some of the farm with my two brothers... I, I feel bad. I feel really bad about it, right? Because we're planting corn, we're planting soybeans, yeah. we're planting, uh, that's pretty much it. But there's there's so much that's involved in the process of uh, planting, like spraying, per, first of all, preparing the soil. Uh, so we yeah. do no-till. Spreading manure. Uh, spreading manure. <laughs> Actually, yeah, manure. I got that done last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all to say, I'm, I'm trying to do as much as I can before I leave so that there's not as much work left over. My dad and my brother, um, they, they don't seem to mind and they're actually excited to do it, but I know it's a lot. Yeah. And so I've been busy doing that, rehearsing, getting ready for the tour and um, spending time with family and working around my house. So I'm about to shift gears in a huge way and be yeah. out on the road and playing these shows. So I look forward to seeing some of you if you haven't already made it out to see us and you live in a city close to where we're playing. Come say hi at yeah. the barricade after the show or I will see you at meet and greet. I will be home on May 14th or so. So we will be doing two episodes from the road. Yeah. We'll be packing up this bad boy. Yeah. SM7 Joe Rogan Mike and... Finding a quiet 
<laughs> I say that while laughing because there's never a quiet never spot a quiet in a spot. hotel lobby. <laughs> it's like, turn down the lobby music, please. Yeah. Please, <laughs> can someone turn this down? <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we, we do our best, and it's, it's usually a, a struggle. It'll be fun. It's, it's just a struggle, you know? It's, it's never easy. Where's the outlet I can plug into? Why is the music loud? There's yep. people, all of a sudden, there's a basketball team that just walked into the lobby and they <laughs> sat right next to me. Of course. Like, do you do you remember the episode we, we filmed? I don't know. It was probably five or six weeks ago. <laughs> and I was in this quiet hotel lobby at night. It was empty. And we started, I don't know, maybe 20 or 25 minutes later, this group of college kids came in and sat down right behind me yeah yeah i could see them in your camera <laughs> and they were just having a time uh, and i'm over here like and god said in <laughs> exodus 14 3 you know like <laughs> trying to let them know hey this is a serious conversation i'm trying yeah. to have over here <laughs> yeah right over nope. their heads yeah nah, it doesn't matter. So, yay here we go <laughs> Tim, Tim's uh, house is turned upside down, and I'll be in a hotel lobby somewhere. Yeah. We have some some interesting episodes upcoming. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be fun for sure. <laughs> and yeah, sooner than later, I'll be in a completely different house recording this thing. So it's going to be uh, so weird to see you in a studio that's not that. Not that probably uh, won't be much little, of a studio at all. <laughs> do you think it'll look least, like this, where you're sitting on a couch and uh, it's like to, a living room? To start, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to say that um, I'll have the studio ready and you know set up right away, but the likelihood of that happening is pretty slim. So, how long do you <laughs> think it is until you have your drum set <laughs> set up and you are playing a Reliant K song? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Well, I didn't. Ha I barely had time to get on the kit before I all know. of this. Uh, I, I, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I think I'll be itching to get it set up. Um, so the kit will probably be set up pretty quickly. Um, Tim, what if this motivated you up, to practice more? Like sometimes setting up your drum set yeah. in a new place, like, oh man, I want to see how it sounds in here. And then you yeah. start playing and it's it's new all over again yeah, for that's about... True. Three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it will motivate. I mean, I'm going to have to set up the mics, so I'm going to have to do mic checks. I'm going to have to tune up the kit, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would I would love if that were the case. Um, I'm, I'm anxious and excited to see how soundproofed I can get it because at this point the room is actually on a completely different section of the house than the bedrooms. So if I really, and it's a single family, it's not a townhouse. Right. So I'm not right up against difference. anybody. So if the sound outside of the house is almost non-existent, um, then I don't have to worry about disturbing neighbors in the middle of the night. And if the sound upstairs in the bedrooms on the other side of the house, like if you can't hear the kit, yeah, then I might actually be able to, you know, play later at night. So Are you setting we'll this up in your basement or is this on the first floor? 
So there's no basement. The house is on a slab, um, which is going to be an adjustment <laughs> for us a little bit. Okay. Um, Less storage. <laughs> yeah. But it's the, the room that I'll be setting up in is on the other corner of the house. So the only thing that makes me think that this might not be a possibility is that there's, there's windows in this room. So I mm. have to look into uh, window treatment for Was it a bedroom? It's not legally a bedroom because there's no closet. Um, but it's the size, it's like it was being used as an office. So, mm-hmm. and it's the size of a bedroom. So technically if we put a closet in there, then it would be a bedroom. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting. That'll be, yeah. I'm excited to see how it comes together. Yeah. yeah. It'll be, you, it'll be fun. You have a lot of work ahead of you and <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're doing taking a good a job. Of, time. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say you're taking a day yeah. at a time. Well, we'll get into this here. Uh, right up front, I just want to say thank you for listening and thank you yes. for supporting Holy Ghost Notes. It's great to have you yes. along. If it's uh, your first time, we talk about drums and we talk about faith or God or more, uh, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't always have to do with our faith, but it always has to do with our faith, actually, yeah. because <laughs> it's like, what am I going through right now? What did I just go through? What am I afraid of going through? What did I learn this week? It's 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 things that are relatable and relevant in our lives. Yeah. And um, we've always, Tim and I have always talked about things that are a little deeper than just drums and music we're listening mm-hmm. to. And we decided to push record and it's been great to, to have a podcast where there's actually people who are interested in the same topics and yeah. continue the conversation, as we say, That's right. in the inner circle. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. following. Uh, our drum topic today is, as I said, misconceptions. So, Tim, I think I'll let you start this off since I prefaced okay. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So uh, so when you sent this, uh, there was one thing that popped immediately into my mind, and it was the fact that I've talked to so many people who listen to music regularly, enjoy mm-hmm. music, appreciate music, that um, if you put a song on, for them, they wouldn't actually be able to pick out the drums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like in in music, at least most music. I, I I doubt a lot of you listening. If you're listening to metal, you're probably listening because you love how fast the double bass pedal is and the screen. You know, <laughs> but a lot of people, at least listening to you know modern pop and stuff, they hear the mm-hmm. vocals and that's about it. Right. They know that there's stuff behind it supporting it, but mm-hmm. they don't really. They can't pick out an instrument mm-hmm. necessarily, maybe piano, if there's a piano part or something, mm-hmm. you know, but this was like a, a strange thing for me to, <laughs> for me to realize, cause that's yeah. never, ever been the case for me. No. You know, and you're analytical, since, you're hearing yeah, the music yeah. and you're hearing the instrumentation. I mean, I can pick out every single thing in a mix. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's crazy. So that's true. Uh, it was just wild for me to even hear that. Like you can't, like most people can't distinguish like even my wife, like it was, it dawned on me when my wife actually told me this early on in our relationship. At this point, yeah. she can pick out instruments because I'll yeah. point it out to her. Right. Uh, or she you hears know, you playing drums. And she hears me playing drums. She's like, okay, that sound. Yeah. I hear that sound in the uh-huh. song. And it's just, it's funny because you, you know, as a musician, I just always felt like, I had a really important part to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then when you realize that like, <laughs> like the general population might not even be able to pick out that this is you playing this part. Um, yeah. I, I think it was a, it was actually a kind of a humbling, eye-opening uh, experience for me as a mm-hmm. drummer because I was like, man, like the only person who's going to 
appreciate this really cool fill, this really technical fill, mm-hmm. is another drummer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. no one else is really going to be able to pick this out. Maybe some other musicians might be like, oh, that's really that was really cool right. what you just did. But no one's actually going to understand how difficult it was. And in most cases, uh, someone's going to think that you're a better drummer. And this is where the misconception really comes in. Someone's going to think you're a better drummer if you're playing really fast. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you're playing. It could be the simplest beat ever, but because you're playing it faster, it's harder to play in, Mm -hmm. you know, the general population's mind. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was the misconception that popped into my mind. That's great. I think to piggyback that, uh, to piggyback on that would be the misconception that everyone that is listening to a song understands rhythm in general. Yeah. So we think about people who on the drummer side, the that's song, a big and they're like yeah. clapping along <laughs> and they're not on yeah. the snare or, or they're just not on beat. Oh yeah. And you see that and you realize, oh my gosh, not only do they not know what the snare yeah. is doing, they don't know what a snare is and they're <laughs> yeah. trying to clap along and they don't even know yeah. it's not an innate internal Yeah. Uh, natural thing. Anyone who's been to a live show <laughs> where the singer's like, "Let's go!" and starts clapping, <laughs> yeah. and you hear at at the beginning everyone's kind of clapping, but then yeah. it switches to the off beat, trails off, yeah, <laughs> and then it's and we're on stage, and then like, everyone pushing our in ears so that we can hear the click, like "Don't get off, don't get off, Matt, hit the ride, hit <laughs> it's the terrible. ride." That's it's true. Terrible. I didn't even think about that aspect <laughs> of it. I, I'm thinking about someone in my life that I knew that would would try to clap at at church and they couldn't. And mm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying this in a way where it's judgmental. It's it's yeah, um, yeah. the <laughs> it's the purpose eye-opening. of the misconception category is to is for us drummers, I'll speak for myself, for me to look around and observe what other people hear yeah. when mm-hmm. they hear music or or think about when they think about drums or see when they see a drum set. It's interesting for me and actually when you were talking it made me think about this. It's a good thing to talk about misconceptions because I think what it does for me when I hear you talking about this is it 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 it, it reiterates the fact that it's not all about me. Mm. Yeah. It's not all about the drummer. That's not what most people I would say hear when they hear a song. Mm-hmm. And so it takes actually takes the pressure off of you. Don't yeah. put so much pressure on yourself because no one is pointing is pointing a spotlight at you the way you are mm-hmm. if you really care about what you're doing yeah that's right yeah yeah it's funny like i've i've you know as you have and many of you listening i've spent so much time on my drum parts whenever i write a part for a song there's so much thought that goes into it so much time um and often a lot of criticism after the fact, and I go back and change things. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a process, right? And then just to find out that like, I would do this and I would share this with people and they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, it sounds really good, but they're not hearing any of the mm-hmm. work that I put in. Yeah. <laughs> they're just hearing the song and it's a song to them. And, and that's yeah. all it is. It's not really much more than that. Whereas when I listen to a song, I'm like, taking it all in and appreciating mm-hmm. this like as much as the guitar tone <laughs> like I was having a conversation with someone I was like that guitar tone is just so awesome and like what's the tone <laughs> I, I think I hear the guitar but uh, yeah. what do you know? mean by tone yeah. don't they all sound yeah. the same yeah do you hear how those toms are tuned they're 
They're perfect. Yeah. What, what are the toms? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that dough thing? Do, do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you blemming the blemming so the blemming excited the blemming about blemming it. <laughs> this reminds me of a conversation I had with um, my dad, actually, about the production on our 20-year tour. Another misconception. I think more broadly speaking, without getting into the broader topic, which could be a faith topic, feeling misunderstood Mm. uh, versus feeling understood. In any relationship, you want to feel understood. Do you understand me? Really is the same thing as saying, do do you see what my intentions are, what my motive is? That's the most important thing when you're learning how to trust someone and love somebody is, is, is really understanding them and why they mm-hmm. do certain things. And so I think a big thing with musicians is that we want to feel understood. We want someone to understand what we're trying to convey through our music, through our instrumentation. Yep. And when there's a misconception, it's, it's really someone saying, I'm not as close to this as you are. I don't fully understand this like you do. And so it's an opportunity for you as a musician to help someone understand what you do. And that's, that's yep. a really cool thing that we get to do. Uh, something that happened, I was talking to my dad about the production on this tour, and he's like, uh, so I was explaining to him how much time it takes to set up this show. Mm. He's like, wow, like, it, it takes that much time to set everything up and, in my head, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you have no idea. The lasers and the and the and the strobes and all the decking and the drum mm-hmm. set and all the mics and all the playback. And then you have to dial in the room and there's just so many aspects to the show. But when yeah. he sees the show, a picture of the show, he just sees, you know, us on stage and there's some bright lights and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it kind of looks like your shows, maybe there's some more lights than in the past, but there's so much more that goes into what we do than what people typically think goes into yeah. setting up and creating a show like this. From mm-hmm. from the practice that's conducted at home to when we're together doing pre-production to even getting the crew in, getting yeah. everyone on the same page, getting to the venue loading in things that break down things that aren't working correctly and what the audience sees is 80 minutes 85 minutes of us being on stage laughing smiling having a good time yep that's just the surface of what went into making it happen and um the interesting thing is if you take away the lights and you take away the practice and you take away the crew and you just have this stripped down show, people would notice. Right. But they <clears throat> don't really know how to point out what is making this show great when it's all yeah. put together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. Yep. And, and so when my dad sees it and says, oh my gosh, it takes so much time. Yes, it takes that much time. But our goal isn't that you think about all of the things that went into this. Our goal mm-hmm. is that you just enjoy the show. Because yeah. if, if you remove a lot of these things, right, the... What you have left is like, I thought this band's been around for 20 years and is doing really well, and they don't sound that great. I mean, they yeah. don't look like a big band. Mm-hmm. To prop yourself up, you you really have so much foundation that you need to, to do that. I, I think the misconception here is that don't you just... <laughs> 
go out there and I, I mean, you wrote these songs, certainly you know how to play them. You, you probably don't even have to practice mm-hmm. songs. It's like, no, 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 that, that's a total misconception. It's, it's actually a lot of work to put together this 85 mm-hmm. minute show, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours that you'll never see or know about. And it suffers when you miss a piece of that. Yeah. You know? So to piggyback off of that misconception, <laughs> I think there's a, a really common misconception that if you make it look easy, it is easy. So hmm. for instance, a lot of people would say, wow, Matt, you make that look easy. Like, mm-hmm. And then they get on the kit that's a and try to do that, too. and it's like, um, yeah, this isn't as easy as you made it look. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for a lot of people, especially with drumming, I think, like I think guitar, when you see it, it's a little bit more intimidating because you got your fingers moving all up and down the fretboard, and you know. Um, but with drums, it's kind of like, yeah, I can do that. Like I've got a pretty good sense of rhythm. I can, mm-hmm. I can hit things. I can move all my limbs. Like I can, I think I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's actually a really good perspective for someone who might want to get into drumming mm-hmm. <laughs> you know as long as you're uh as long as once you sit down and start playing and realize that it's not as easy as it looks you still push past that and try you know mm-hmm. um but it's a it's a big misconception that's true that's um, a great and, point and even like uh with like uh, years of like worship drumming you know there's certain things that because of practice and time playing um I can do certain things on the kit and and work it into a worship set. Um, when that when another drummer, a younger drummer, maybe less experienced, would come and try to do that, he'd be like, hey, "How'd you how'd you do that, Phil? Like it sounded really easy, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> this you know when you listen to a Hillsong song or uh, you know uh, really most worship music when you approach it, it's like this does this sounds easy. I could take mm-hmm. I could take this, but then when you actually sit down and try to do it, mm-hmm. you know." It's not that easy. I've said this before, but like country music, I was, that was my misconception about country music for the longest time. I was like, yeah, I could never see myself drumming for country because it's just too easy. It's not challenging, (laughs) you know? And then I tried to sit down and actually play a country song and it's like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, this requires a certain level of feel and, and practice. Yeah, sure. Once you get there, it might be easy, but to get there is yeah. not easy. You can't just sit down and play it and expect it to sound good. <laughs> like the misconception is it's easier to play slow mm-hmm. than it is Which fast. is not the case for me. It's not true. It's easier to play soft than it is hard. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it is not. When I go through my creation memorization application, in the memorization phase, the litmus test to know that you've actually memorized something, say, Take, for example, a paradiddle, right, left, yeah. right, right, left, right, left, left. How do you know, Tim, that you've memorized paradiddle? Can you play it fast? Can you play it slow? Can you play it hard? Can you play it soft? Mm-hmm. And can you talk over top of it? Fast, slow, hard, soft, and talk over top of it. It's a great litmus test. What yeah. I've seen That's historically amazing. with students is fast all day. Play it slow. There's just no consistency because yeah. you have space between and yeah. it's just more challenging. Same thing with playing soft. It's it's a it's a more challenging motion to play with a delicate touch, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not used to it. And I would say a, a big misconception about, say, like you said, country or um, 
styles of music where there's not a whole lot happening on the kit, it's actually much more challenging to play simple, but creatively to mm-hmm. play with less happening on the kit, less less strokes, less of a contribution to the song and still make an impact. Yeah. Much, much more challenging. I used to think, you know, the easiest way to get through a part is to just cut and paste double bass over top of it. And it's, it's still the case today. It's like, if you just want to write a part for a metal song, just, there you go. (laughs) Parts done. That's not the, that is not the most, um, creative method. And it's, it's certainly, the easiest route you can take. And mm-hmm. and so the misconception would be, ah, it's easier to play soft than it is hard. It's easier to play slow than it is fast. Not true. Yeah. In my case. And I would I would argue most people's yeah. cases. That's right. That's definitely uh definitely an eye opener, uh, especially when uh, there's a certain like like vulnerability, I think to playing slow you know because there's so much space like you said that's just like you almost feel like yeah (laughs) they can hear me (laughs) you know it's like yeah it's it's it it feels almost uncomfortable um because you're not filling that space but Mm -hmm. uh so it it takes it takes practice you know Mm -hmm. it's uh i have another misconception okay let's hear it well, it plays into what I talked about earlier. You have to practice, don't you? Just <laughs> don't you just yeah. hit them? Yeah, I think the one. misconception is that people assume it's like walking. Mm-hmm. But you you've you've been playing drums for twenty years. At this point, you should just know how to to play. Yeah, and to play into this, the misconception that because you wrote the song on drums you know how to play all the drum parts to the song you wrote mm. even a year ago or two years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. That is, that is so untrue. Right. And the reason it's untrue, one of the reasons it's untrue is because you might've only performed it once or twice or five times in the studio when you recorded right. it and then have not played it since live. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is there's so many things happening <laughs> in the song <laughs> Um, the misconception is that you're you're just listening to the song and playing drums to it, but it's it's not like that at all. It's it's it is a song in and of itself that you wrote on the kit, and you're not getting all the information back in real time from the music as you're listening to it. There are things right. that you wrote that that are a certain way because you wrote them, and and it's it's not like you do it once and you forever remember it it's that yeah. is so incorrect it's, the misconception yeah. is oh well exactly you, right. you you wrote that song i mean you you know how to like you're the one that wrote it you know yeah. did someone else write it no no you, you wrote it i mean yeah. come on man like play it just yeah. can't you just play it it's like mm-hmm. no <laughs> no yeah. not unless you're a snarky puppy uh, mm-hmm. you you can't just and there's case in point. They're kind of feeding off of each other as they go. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a jam band or or have that ability, which is yeah. like or can super just cite, stardom. Sight read and everything's there, and it's just like okay, I don't or, need to remember how to play read. this. I just <laughs> just read it and play it. That's true. Yeah, there's no sight reading with ABR, and it's just something that we have written. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's in Guitar Pro and you're reading the MIDI back or tab it, or in my case, I just I only have it in my head until it's performed. Yeah, yeah, recorded. Misconception right. is 
you wrote it. Why can't you play it? Well, not it's not like yeah. that. Yeah. It's more nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think off of that point, um, as at least for me as a drummer, I've gone through like seasons of, um, I don't want to say style changes, but like seasons of like where I really hone a certain uh, type of skill mm-hmm. in, within drumming. Yeah, same. And so my parts that I write will kind of reflect that skill that I've really spent a lot of time working on because uh, I think it's really cool, like this pattern or, you know, whatever. Like, so certain patterns will start to show themselves more and more often. But then, like, years down the road, I might not have practiced that pattern as often or that skill set. And right. going back to a song that has those all throughout, it's this like... This is the best well, point we've as, made so far. I'm not as competent anymore with yeah. this pattern. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember it, I might know how to play it, but it's not going to sound as clean oh, as it did yeah. five or six years ago. When so, you were big into Aaron Spears' linear drumming, and you did exactly, a lot of linear drumming. That's a great or When you were big into double point. bass in the beginning, mm-hmm. and, and now you just don't practice as much yeah. double bass. That is extremely valid. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, that's a great point like polyrhythms like i was huge into polyrhythms for a certain period in life so like i had spent so much time just trying to have my right playing just a completely different time signature than my left yeah and so i got it to the point where i was writing stuff that was just really weird and off time and i spent two years doing that and then kind of stopped doing it all together (laughs) because just what i was playing didn't really and didn't need that didn't call for it um so for me to go back and play some of the songs that i wrote uh, or some of the grooves that I wrote back in the day when I was really polyrhythmic. <laughs> now it's like, I don't know if I could really I just play had an idea, <laughs> and I'm going to call it the Pumpernickel Project. <laughs> the Pumpernickel so Project. your first week back on the kit, I want your, your, your first attempt, your first recording, your first post about drumming to be you revisiting an old polyrhythm whether mm-hmm. it's you talking about it and, okay, I'm going to go into this. I'm going to work on it. It's a little real. And then you working on it. Like, I want the I like first that. take of you trying to do this on the kit <laughs> and just see it in real time. Oh, my gosh. How did I play this? And then yeah. all the way to execution. Yeah. Pumpernickel Project. <laughs> the Pumpernickel Project. Yeah. I like it. Okay. What's the significance of Pumpernickel in, in the in the titling? Uh, <laughs> just curious. Just polyrhythm starts at the P, Pumpernickel starts like at that. the P. Huh? It's kind of a funky word yeah. that I heard the other day. It seated. Just kind of reminded me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Deep seated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So don't 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 go and get as my great uncle would say, don't go and give yourself a hemorrhoid trying to do this. Okay. It's, it's not going to be easy for you, but it's not worth the anal pain. That's for sure. (laughs) Okay. I didn't mean to take us to that level. I didn't actually take it. Thanks Tim. Well, just tell your uncle that, you know, we're following his advice. (laughs) All right. The faith topic. Let's talk about, uh, Let's talk about God. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about God on that we're, note. Uh, we're sorry, God. Yeah. We suck sorry, as God. human beings and need uh, <clears throat> you, especially Tim. Well, that's actually a really good uh, like <laughs> setup for, for what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> so today is Good Friday, which mm-hmm. for those of you listening who might not know what Good Friday is, um, uh, many Christians celebrate Good Friday because it is the day that Jesus died on the cross. Um, 
and it sets up Easter, which I probably shouldn't have to explain that, but, but Easter is when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's kind of a, it's, it's a day, it's good Friday is kind of a day to reflect as is Easter, but it's Easter is a little bit more cel- celebratory. Good Friday is a little bit more, um, somber, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, I believe it's like the Monday or Tuesday after Easter, but regardless, I thought it would be cool to kind of take some time being that we're literally in this weekend, uh, to talk about the Easter story, uh, briefly, and then, um, kind of what it means to us as individuals. And what I want to challenge us to do is, is to talk about it. Uh, I mean, we always approach things, uh, from a real perspective, you know, from what we actually feel. Um, but I want to challenge us to not just follow the Christian status quo Easter message Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. uh, you could pretty much go to any church. (laughs) You probably went to church this weekend and heard Mm -hmm. that already. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's not my goal. My goal is to, uh, to, I don't know, think about it, approach it differently. So I don't have any other plan to this topic other than Easter, (laughs) but, um, but I do have, uh, I guess some things that I've been thinking about in Mm -hmm. relation to Easter that I'm sure will, um, come out as we talk about this. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to kick this off, Matt, and we can take it from there. Um, not really. I think you should. (laughs) (laughs) I I felt that one coming. I, yeah, I think, uh, (laughs) I think I'm just going to hand this off to you, Tim. Okay. All right. So, uh, the, the, the Easter story in brevity, uh, is that Jesus was born, uh, to a virgin. Uh, he is the son of God. He is God in a way, uh, three in one father, son, Holy spirit. That's really confusing for anyone who didn't grow up in church. Uh, that's okay. (laughs) But so the son of God, part God, part man, comes to earth. He is perfect in every way. Um, when he turns 33, he starts, uh, his ministry preaching and, uh, telling stories and parables and discipling, uh, 12 people, um, who are later known as the disciples, um, 12 people who are imperfect and in many cases looked down upon in the Jewish culture. So, uh, Jesus starts this ministry, travels all around, uh, there's lots of incredible stories that I encourage you all to read <laughs> or learn about. Um, but what we're talking about now is the end of his ministry. Um, so there's this perfect person um, who I don't know at what point he learns what his purpose on earth is, but whatever the case, his purpose is to die for the sins of the world. So mm-hmm. you have this perfect unblemished uh, human who is also part God, he has to die, uh, a death that is not deserved in order to take on the sins of the world. And, um, what's crazy about this is that as gruesome of a death as he had, which is described very, very, well (laughs) in the Bible. And if you've seen any iterations of this story of, of Jesus being crucified in most cases, there's a lot of accuracies 
as to what he went through from the pain standpoint, from the physical pain standpoint. Um, but what we often forget about is that what really happened here was that he was taking on all of the sin, not just physically dying for it, like the physical pain and, and the death as gruesome as it was, was just a small portion. It was actually being separated from God, mm -hmm. which up until that point is what we as humans were experiencing, the separation, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for us to communicate with God. There wasn't prayer as we all know it. You know, there was intercession, which is basically someone going to God for everyone else <laughs> and communicating. Um, and that person had to be pretty much as perfect and flawless as can be in their lifestyle. It was a priest that would then go in, perform all these rituals in order to further cleanse himself just so he could be in the presence of God and pray on everyone else's behalf. So that was the situation leading up to this. Um, and then Jesus dies and takes on the, on the sin of the world. But in addition to that, he takes on that separation, which is really, I think, the biggest thing that happens here. Um, and that's why you hear the famous quote, uh, you know, Father, why have you forsaken me? Hmm. Because Jesus is experiencing this thing that he's... Um, as a, as a human who has been one with God, who is God, is now separate from God and himself in many ways. Hmm. So it's like the gravity of that is what's often not told or at least not thought about as deeply as I think it should be. So I was just thinking about this. Like, I mean, I, I was trying to, there's no way to, quantify it in a, in a human <laughs> understanding, but I was trying to just figure out like, what does this mean? Like, how can I relate to this? Cause I see this gruesome death and that scares the hell out of me, mm -hmm. <laughs> but to, to, to think about just being separated from this thing that you've known your entire life, um, from yourself, from your identity. I mean, I, that, is extremely painful. And I don't know, I've never experienced that. Mm -hmm. So I can't like tell you what that is, but, um, but trying to unpack that, trying to think about that, um, kind of got my mind racing and where it really brought me ultimately. And I think this was probably, um, it was kind of, it was kind of a prayerful thought process that I had. Um, and this was last night as I, as I was thinking about it. Um, but I kind of got to the point where like, it's like, have I, I've said thank you. You know, we get to Easter season and Easter Sunday, we, we all hear the message and then we start thinking about it a little bit more deeply and um, it's convicting and inspires us to change our lives and do, you know, whatever the, the normal Christian thing is that we do every year on Easter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but do we ever like, like really just say thank you? Like mm. I was like thinking about all of the things that have been happening. I've been so busy um, with uh, with life, just everything in life. Um, so many good things have happened. Um, and I don't even think I've said thank you for those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then it's like every single day, every morning that we wake mm -hmm. up and have breath, um, you know, that is a, that's a blessing. And, mm -hmm. and, 
every time that I pray, um, that is something that prior to Jesus dying, I would not have had. Like, so prayer itself, just the ability to say some words and believe that God is hearing me mm-hmm. is something to be thankful for, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I didn't want to talk about thankfulness necessarily uh, with this topic, but I, my brain started heading there mm-hmm. because um, then I was just thinking about the ability to pray is kind of what we, you know, we have now we have access to eternal life because Jesus died. We are no longer, uh, you know, we are innately sinful, but we have the ability to be washed clean of that sin. And so we can enter into an eternal kingdom one day. Um, but because, because of that, in addition, it's like we have this access to God. And I just think about like, so this is ultimately where I got... I think about my relationship with God and not everyone is going to share this same relationship. I think everyone has a slightly different relationship with him, but I just think about, you know, all the times where I'm just comforting knowing that he's with me Um, or I'll be praying and I'll just be comforted knowing that he Mm -hmm. hears me Mm -hmm. or I'll get chills because he's telling me something and I've been ignoring it all along and then it finally clicks, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just think about all those moments and I've had them all throughout my life. And that is the closest thing. Like if I were to lose that, Mm -hmm. I would proceed to lose all hope. I'd Mm. proceed to lose all purpose. I'd proceed to lose, um, everything that I am really. My identity has been built partially because of my upbringing, but also just because of where my relationship with him has taken me. Mm -hmm. Part of, I would lose my identity. I'd lose my purpose. I'd lose my reason for being, I'd lose my hope. And, and when I think about that, then I'm like, wow, Jesus didn't just die for me. He, he lost his purpose. He lost his, uh, identity he lost his hope. He lost his reason for being. He's, he, he lost it all. He was completely separated. Mm-hmm. Plus the weight of all the, that sin. And I know for me, I, I get guilty real fast. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine just someone who is perfect his entire life, never having to feel guilt, never having to feel shame. All of, he took all of that on for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that is, I mean, God, like if I have a, if I have a bad day, I did something wrong, yelled at my son or something, and I'm feeling guilty about it. Like that ruins me, Mm -hmm. you know, that leads me to tears at the end of the day. It makes me question, am I good? (laughs) Am I a good person? You know, you know, it, it, I just, so when I start thinking about it and, and unpacking this idea, this concept, it's like, wow he didn't just die. He took everything mm-hmm. and lost everything at the same time. And that for me is like, have I said thank you? Have mm-hmm. I really said thank you? Because I don't think, I, sure, I've said it. I've said thank you for dying for my sins. I've, you know, but have I really said thank you? <clears throat> have I really understood what I'm thanking him for? And I'll Let never fully that. understand, right? <laughs> Let me take <laughs> but, that and paint a picture. That was really good, Tim. There was a 
a story told by a pastor named Tim Keller <clears throat> about two men who were hired to do a job. Same day, same job, working alongside each other. Hard work. Let's just call it, uh, they were wheelbarrowing concrete all day, 10 hours. And um, <clears throat> nine o'clock break came along and they'd been working for two hours and standing outside the job, smoking a cigarette and one guy goes to the other. This sucks. <laughs> this, is, this is a horrible job. This is incredibly hard work. I can't believe how hard this job is. And the other guy says, I don't really think, I'm actually doing fine. This actually really isn't all that bad. Is this really all we have to do today? Huh. The other guy's like, I can't believe we have another eight hours. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make it. They go back to work. Three hours later, stop for lunch. Man, this is, I'm not going to, I need to, I'm done after today. This is it. I quit. This is not worth it. The other guy's like, I am so happy I have this job. I am so grateful for this job. I am, I'm feeling great about my ability to do this job. I I, I can't believe like, I, I, in a way I feel like I'm honored that I get to do this job today. And I'm excited that I get to do it tomorrow. Hopefully I don't, hopefully I do a good job. Hopefully I do enough so that I get to come back. And at the end of the day, uh, they head into the office and um, it's payday. And uh, one guy says, all right, there's my, uh, there's my paycheck. Wow, this is the worst job in the entire world. I don't want to come back to work tomorrow. And on his pay slip, it, it says $1 an hour. 10 hours, he's getting paid 10 bucks. 50-hour work week, he's gotten $50 he's taken home. Mm -hmm. And the other guy's like, this is just incredible. I am so glad I get to do this. And, of course, his paycheck says $10,000 per day. And... He walks away with this $50,000 paycheck per week with a smile on his face. He is not exhausted by this job. He feels proud to do it, and he just hopes he's doing a good job. Well, you see where this is going. Mm -hmm. How do you say thank you with your life unless you know the price that was paid? Because when you understand it wasn't a dollar, it wasn't even $10,000. It was your entire life was paid for, was, was accounted for, was, was seen and understood, and the, the shortcomings and the sin and all of the things that you've done in your life were taken on by someone who didn't deserve the punishment for you. You wake mm -hmm. up in the morning and you say, I can't wait to do everything I can today because I understand that it's, it's not just a dollar we're talking about here. It's not just $10,000. It's more costly than any dollar amount you could put on the freedom, on the, on the salvation, on the love 
that was sent in your direction. The Bible talks about every hair on your head being known. I mean, we're, we're piggybacking on this drum idea of misconceptions. Here we have someone who understands there is no misconception about mm-hmm. what was done that we get to celebrate Easter weekend. And for me, when I think about how do I say thank you, I have a hard time even knowing where to start if I don't first understand how costly it was. Yeah. How do you respond with your life when someone gives you a gift unless you know what the gift was? You can't respond with a, a, a huge hug if all it was giving to you was, I don't know, a, a bill. <laughs> hey, you owe 50 bucks. Oh, let me give you a hug. Thank you so much. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to give, it's hard to want to give someone, um, <clears throat> you know, a day's, a day's work in return for, uh, Hey man, let me take you out for lunch sometime. Right. Oh my gosh. Can I, can I work for you for free? But if you understand that you were supposed to go to prison for the rest of your life, for a crime you committed, you deserve to go. And you find out that someone else cleared it. It's no longer a debt hanging over your head. Mm-hmm. Your response can't be anything other than anything I'll do for the rest of my life, I will do. And I'll do it with a smile on my face, even though life is terrible and awful and sucks sometimes. It's painful and it steals everything away from me. I still know at the end of the day, what was done for me. Mm-hmm. And I will do my best to thank you to live my life in response to that. Yeah. When I think about Easter, as you were talking about this and laying it out so, uh, you know, in, in a way, like we tried to stay outside of what is typically talked about in Easter, mm-hmm. uh, during Easter in church. But yet at the same time, the way you talked about it was like, that was a message that I would want to hear if I was sitting in church. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that my goal this Easter weekend is to better understand just exactly what happened. What, what did Jesus feel? What did he experience? Because the more I understand that, the more I can face challenges and setbacks of my own every day. Mm-hmm. And I can face them with this understanding of, well, I'm not alone in this. And actually I can stand tall and live my life in response to someone who, who took the hit for me. This, mm-hmm. this, is just a, this is just a little nick compared to what someone felt on my behalf. Mm. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> so I have a series. I know you have to have to get going, but I have a series of questions that I'm just going to ask you real quick uh, in an attempt to to make a point. So if I if I gave you if I gave you a million dollars right now, is it uh, safe to assume that that would pretty much make your day, and it would be really tough for someone to come in and ruin your day? after you received a million dollars. <laughs> yes, that is a true yeah. statement. Okay. Now, uh, if if I were to give you a million dollars, but you were going to die tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, would you still take that million dollars? If I got to live in the other scenario where you didn't give me 
A million dollars? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do, I, if you if you refuse the million dollars, you get to live. If you take the million dollars, you die tomorrow. I uh, I would I would say thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. So it's so it's safe to assume that a uh, million dollars is not worth your your life, mm-hmm. right? Your life is Correct. worth more than a million dollars to you, right? So if you wake up tomorrow. And you waking up and breathing and having life is worth more to you than a million dollars. Is it safe to assume that you'll spend tomorrow just being happy to be alive? It's going to be hard (laughs) for anyone to get you down, (laughs) to ruin your day. And yet a million dollars doesn't even, doesn't even touch it. Yep. You're talking about the Powerball. You're talking about all the money in the world and you'd still reject it because still reject it. you have today to spend all that money and you die tomorrow. No one's taking mm-hmm. that bet. Yeah. Because life and is yet, more we valuable. Wake up, we wake up and we say, boy, I don't know, man, this, I, I'm just, this is just terrible. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm not okay. Things are not okay. And um, I just, I really, I'm really unhappy about the way life is treating me. And yet when you put it like that, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone that's taking the money. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying, if they, I'm not trying to discount like hardships in life and, you know, it's okay to be bummed and to, to feel things, you know. But my point is like, how, 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 do, how, how do I want to say thank you? What I hear like, you I was saying life, is you know? when you're given a million dollars, what's the feeling you get? You don't have to pay it back. It's a gift. You have a million dollars. What what kind of resolve does that give you? And joy does that give you? That really nothing can take away from you in the in the short term. You know, mm-hmm. there's 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 setbacks, there's hardships, but in the back of your head and in your mind and in your heart, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just so thrilled to have this to have this money. And then when something tough comes along, it's it's easier to deal with it because you have the money, you have the resources, you have the tools to be able to to work through it. Right, life is just a little bit easier with that money in your bank account. Mm-hmm. Even just knowing that those numbers exist, yeah. and yet you would turn that down to wake up tomorrow. And if we are equating that dollar amount to just the very tip of the iceberg, the type of gift that was given to you, think of the joy, think of the resolve, think of the resources you have at your disposal to get through anything. Mm-hmm. That's right you can have it in mind that just like those numbers exist in a digital bank account somewhere, it makes it a little easier to get through life. You can just multiply that times a gazillion gazillions. And that is the type of gift that was given to you that exists in real time for real. It is a secure thing that you can trust and actually you can live alongside of. It's not mm-hmm. just some inanimate object. That's right. It's like you said, your hope and your identity and your purpose. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is Easter for me. Yeah. The, underst- the understanding that you've been given something that wakes you up in the morning with a smile on your face, regardless of what you're going through, which by the way, if you want to be someone who lives for God and lives in response to him and thanks him, I've seen in my life just in the, Small things that I've I've gone through in the last five, six, seven, ten years, you know, it, it, it's 
it's it's moments where you're feeling the burn of of life and setbacks that people really notice how you're handling it. What mm-hmm. is he really made of? Is this faith thing really real? It's easy to have faith when things are going well. <laughs> when things right. are when things are challenging, wh- what are you really made of? Is that mm-hmm. faith real to you? And if you're walking around with this confidence that it's going to be okay, this joy in a sense, I'm not talking about a cheesy smile. I'm talking about just this peace and resolve, knowing that you have all the resources in the world, you have this relationship with someone, then you can really face anything. Yeah. And that's that's really when people notice. And I, I, I can't think of a better way uh, in my own life that I've been able to thank God, if you will, than to remain faithful and dig deeper when things like that happen. Yeah, that's right. I can't think of a better way to end off than that. <laughs> so, Thanks for sharing, Tim. Yeah. You did a great job. Thank you, and uh, thank, thank you everyone for listening to this. I hope it's, um, I hope it was a great Easter and hopefully mm-hmm. this is a chance to continue that, that, um, faithfulness and repentance um, and just surrendering your life and your will to God That's right. following the Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now I will go on tour. Yes. <laughs> Head out on tour. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, and uh, if you're interested in supporting us and being a part of our community, check out patreon.com slash holy ghost notes. We've got a bunch of different tiers of support with uh, different incentives. And um, as we always say, arguably the best incentive is just being a part of the inner circle because they're just an amazing group of human beings who have yeah. really kept us going this entire time. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have done it without them. And uh, yeah, if you have questions, pump, <laughs> if, you have, if you have questions, uh, thoughts, uh, anything to add, uh, feel free to shoot us an email, Matt Tim at the Holy Ghost Notes dot com and uh or hit us up on one of the socials we'd love to hear from you and that about wraps it up yeah wow (laughs) brother Brother. (laughs) tim good seeing you you too thank you everyone see you soon Peace. peace